Progress Window. I'm Mary Alice Hoover, and I hope your morning is off to a good start. Or if you're listening later in the day, I hope your day's going well. Just glad that we could have a few minutes together to talk a little bit about the scripture, and maybe I could share a verse or two that'll encourage you along the way today. Now, yesterday we started talking about in Ephesians chapter 4, it's almost like a bucket list or a checklist of qualities of a Christian life. Um, and we kind of, we talked about the beginning of the chapter and the end, it kind of brackets these things. And I wanted to just share a little bit of a story from the Old Testament before we jump in, because as Mark and I were reading through the book of Jeremiah, which I always love this time of year, reading through the prophets, and um, we're still in the major prophets, of course, so we're in the book of Jeremiah. Um, there's an interesting little story that just keeps jumping out at me, and it's really unusual, so I don't want to spend a lot of time here. But it just has so captured my imagination and even my heart just a little bit. And I'll try to give you quickly just a little setting of how this story comes about. Uh, this is during the time just before the uh, southern kingdom went into their uh, captivity, the final, second, last captivity in Babylon, um, which God was going to deliver them from 70 years later. But that's not really salient to the story that I want to tell you. So... Um, if you can imagine what it might have been like to live in the kingdom of Judah, what it was referred to, the southern kingdom, towards the end of things. Um, they had had over 300 years of, of kings, some good, some bad. Um, they had their points in time where they were worshiping God, but they kept slipping back over and over into a very simple lifestyle. They had some religion thrown in. And there, of course, were some people that were still faithful, um, but they were very few in number. And I guess that's one of the things that always captures my attention when I'm reading through Jeremiah, is that small minority, that small faithful group, when the majority, the overwhelming majority, is refusing to listen to God. They disrespect God. They act as though God owes them um, uh, an answer. And they just live in constant rebellion. It had to be very discouraging for the people who really did love God and were trying to serve Him and do the right thing. And in the midst of this, right towards the end, probably 10-ish, maybe at least for sure, probably within 20 years of when they finally went into uh, captivity, um, Jeremiah, uh, God gave Jeremiah a message, and He told Jeremiah to go find this one family and to bring them to the temple. Um, they were in Jerusalem, and he said, go go, bring them to the temple and take them to the temple and offer them some wine. So Jeremiah obeyed God, and he went and found this family. They're called the Rechabites. Apparently, there was an ancestor named Rechab, or Rechab. I don't know how to pronounce some of those Hebrew names, but the Rechabites came. And it was interesting, the instructions that God gave Jeremiah and, and the uh, person in the temple. And this is in Jeremiah 35, if you want to look it up and read the details, because I'm just giving you Cliff Notes version. Uh, so they bring this family in uh, to the temple, and uh, on God's instructions, they offered them some wine, and they declined. And they said, no, no. Um, and some generations back, our ancestor told us to never touch wine. And he said, we never have, and neither we, have, we haven't, or our children, or sons, or daughters. None of us have touched wine. And there were some other instructions that their ancestor had given them, and the ancestors said, if you'll just follow this, then you'll get to live a good and peaceful life. So um, interesting, because God used them as an example, because God said, look, this family has been faithful to what their ancestors instructed them to do, even though it was very uh, extreme and unpopular, but they've been faithful to that. They've carried it out with integrity. And here my people 
I'm talking to them. I'm God. I'm the God that's created everything. He refers to himself over and over in Jeremiah as the Lord of heaven's armies. He is God. He's the creator. He's the one that brought them out of Egypt, out of slavery, put them in this land. And yet uh, these people are just thumbing their nose at God over and over and, and refuse to listen. So I hope you'll go back and read Jeremiah 35 because those Rechabites have inspired me. They have inspired me. And if you go back and look at, in Jeremiah 35, look at the very last verse and look at the promise that God makes to the Rechabites as a reward for their integrity and their faithfulness. I'm not going to tell you. I want you to go look. But it really inspires me. And one of the reasons it inspires me because it reminds me of the day we're living in. So more and more, I believe we're going to be in a minority. If you want to serve God, if you if you want to live the way God has told us to live, if you want to be in a relationship with Jesus Christ and live that out in your life, you know, um, you, you can have a relationship with Jesus Christ and keep it a secret. That's not impossible. It is very possible. Uh, that isn't what God would wish for us to do. That isn't what Jesus has asked us to do because we're here as ambassadors. So we're not going to be much of an ambassador if our relationship is a secret. But more and more, as our culture is turning more and more against God and against Christians, it's going to be more and more of a challenge to live out what God has told us to live out as Christians. And so that's why the Rechabites just really have inspired me. So I hope you'll go read that story. Back to Ephesians chapter 4. So in Ephesians chapter 4, today what we're going to talk about is peaceful, generous living. Now, again, we're talking about living the Christian life, and Paul's giving us instructions here. So we're going to zero in in Ephesians chapter 4. We're just going to look at verses 2 through 4. So um, but before we get into 2, let me just back up for just a second, because we talked about a little bit uh, this a little bit yesterday. In verse 1, when uh, Paul says, I'm begging you to lead a life worthy of your calling. Now, I was looking it up in Amplified, and Amplified elaborates on that. And in the Amplified, verse 1 says, we need to live a life that exhibits, and here's a list, godly character, moral courage. Does that sound familiar in our culture? Personal integrity. God help us as Christians to have personal integrity in a culture that has none. But we should be different, and we should have integrity. We should have mature behavior that's on the list. That's another thing that's not very common in our culture, is it? Mature behavior. And then the last thing that's listed in the Amplified to, to um, elaborate on this is gratitude to God for your salvation. There's something about that gratitude, taking that focus, taking that moment to focus on how thankful we should be that we've been saved, that God has provided for us a salvation through the blood of Jesus Christ. We repeat that over and over, but it's worth repeating. It gives us purpose and meaning in everything that we do, and it gives us a future and a hope. We need to stop and be grateful, and that's going to help shape how we're going to live our life. Okay, so that's verse 1 from the Amplified. I hope you'll go look at that. Then going into verse 2. So this is where I want to read for just, just a couple of verses. Always, and there's a, a word to not go too quickly over, because always, not sometimes, not sometimes, but always, and I'm, I'm taking this in personally myself as I'm reading this, I need this. I don't know if you need this, but I need this. Always be humble and gentle. Not just some of the time, but always be humble and gentle. Be patient with, with each other, making allowance for each other's faults. Okay, um, we want others to make allowances for our faults, do we not? But we are told we need to make allowances for other people's faults. And there's an answer to the why. Um because real quickly, when we, you know, I always think of us as children because um, I 
have raised children and now around my grandchildren. And, and um, you know, you get in these situations where there's a tension or a disagreement or a little fuss going on. And, and you always want to, um, you always tend to hear this explanation of why I don't, I shouldn't be patient. Um, but let's, let's go back up. Okay, so be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because, here's the why. Why should we be patient with each other's faults? Because of your love. Because of your love. You know, if you've, if you've loved anyone for very long and, and the relationship is still going, you've had to make allowances for each other's faults. That's part of love. We need to do that. And remember that first word we started with was always. Okay, so let's keep going. If we have lost you yet, let's keep going a little bit further. Make every effort. Now, uh, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit. N notice it. Because there's more than one person involved here, you can't make an effort for the other person. But you can make the effort for you. So for, from your side of things, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit. And Spirit here is capital S. That's referring to God's Spirit. Okay. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. And um, in the Amplified, it uses the word bond. So I think about uh, glue. It bonds you. Okay. A bond, something that, that brings something or holds something together. And so the thing that needs to be the, the binder is peace. Now, I don't know about you, but peace is important to me. And that's one of the reasons I absolutely cannot watch um, even news on television anymore because um, even if even if I were trying to get, even if there was uh, legitimate information being given, there's no peace in how it's being delivered. People are screaming, people are yelling, people are arguing, and I can't function in that. I need, I need peace. And that is what will bind us together is the peace. And then the, the last verse we're going to read, verse 4, it starts with the word for. Now, in this case, for is kind of another word that, that indicates a, a reason, a because, a why. So why? For. Uh, for there is one body, one spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. Now, um, we could uh, we could elaborate here from the um, from the Amplified, but I'll, I'll just give you the Mary Alice version of this. This is if I were a parent, I would be saying, look, we're all one family. We need to get along. We need to love each other because we're going to be one family forever and ever and ever. And this is true in your, in your human family, but it's certainly true in our spiritual family. So we, as God's children, we're a family. And it's important for us to get along with one another, to love one another, to make allowances for each other's faults, to be humble and gentle and have a spirit of gratitude. All those things are so important because we're family and because we're going to be together forever. And because, as children, we honor our Father when we get along with each other. Isn't that true? I know watching my children interact with each other in love, it just makes my heart swell. That is, as a parent, what I love to see. It just means the world to me to, to watch my children and my grandchildren enjoying one another, getting along with one another. Um, it, it's, it's wonderful. And um, my children are human just like other children are human. And when my boys were little, especially the oldest two who grew up together, they would pick at each other all the time. Here they are now grown up and watching them enjoy one another and have conversations about the things going on in their life and um, watching them in a, in a maturity, um, still bonded together. 
That's such a wonderful thing. And that's what God wants for us as his children. He wants us to be bonded together. He wants us to love one another and be gentle and humble and, and forgiving to one another. So I hope we can keep those things in mind as we go through today, our day. And um, and whatever time of day you're, or night you're listening or watching, I hope that uh, along with me, you'll keep these things in mind as we're interacting with others because it's so important. So I hope you can remember um, and keep in mind that God has called us to a peaceful, generous living. Mark, help me with that title. And it's interesting because the generous part here isn't talking about money. It's talking about being generous with grace and being generous with forgiveness and being generous with uh, forgiving one another's faults, making allowances. It's a different kind of generosity, isn't it? I'll tell you one more quick story, and then I'll promise I'll wrap up. I don't know how long we've gone today. But... Um, Early on in, uh, back in 2000, I don't know, 2005 maybe, we, um, in the early years when we went a different direction at New Spring, and uh, uh, in 2004 we, we had about 1,200 people in attendance and uh, started rethinking how we were going to approach the people that came in our doors. And we just wanted to love everybody that came in our doors. And we wanted to invite everybody who came in our doors. And some people didn't quite agree with that approach. And uh, some people left angry, uh, but God was leading us, and so we just kept going that direction. But after after just, oh, I don't know, two or three years, I can't remember exactly how long it had been, we ran into someone in a restaurant, and uh, this particular person um, was one that left with an attitude, we'll just say. But anyway, had gone to a different church, and uh, as we ran into him on this particular Sunday afternoon at a restaurant, he called Mark aside and was just really... Uh, uh, tell Mark what a wonderful place that he, I think he might have even started a church in, in, in his home or whatever. Anyway, he had, I think they might have had 40 or 50 people that day. I don't know. Um, but Marcus, if you know Mark, um, he was so kind and gracious and congratulated him and uh, just said kind things to him and was really, and, and not in a schmaltzy way, but was genuinely kind and loving towards this gentleman who had been very unkind and very ugly when he left. But anyway, um, I, I want to be my husband someday when I grow up because he's just so kind uh, when people haven't been kind to him. But anyway, as we were leaving the restaurant, I kind of, you know, asked him, I said, you didn't mention anything about, you know, all the people that we had at New Spring today or how many people we've we just seen so many people saved. And it's been so exciting. And he looked me in the eye and he said, God has been so good to us. I can afford to be gracious. And I so admired that, and um, it meant so much to me. I love watching his example, but it's true. God is so good to us, all of us, each one of us. We can afford to be gracious because God has been so gracious to us. So I hope that thought will be on your heart as you go through the hours ahead, whatever time it is. So thank you for your patience with me today as I uh, waxed a little long. Uh, but uh, once again, I just want to express my appreciation to all of you um, who have reached out to our family as I'm taping this. Um, Mark and uh, some of our other members of our family are in Texas preparing to uh, conduct a burial service tomorrow. And many of you were at the funeral here at New Spring. What well, was yesterday? Again, I'm taping. I'm taping on the Tuesday evening. Uh, so many of you were at the funeral yesterday, and I appreciate your prayers for those. Um, uh, in our family that are still in the process of um, of the the saying goodbye. 
So thank you so much for your love and your prayers. We love you all and uh, really love hearing from you, love getting to do life with you and getting to serve God with you. It's such a blessing and such a privilege. So before we go today, let's have a word of prayer. Father, once again, we just thank you for all the many, many blessings and all the grace that you've extended to each one of us. Thank you, Lord, for loving us so much that Jesus was willing to die for us so that we could be forgiven. If we didn't have that forgiveness, Father, we, we just we couldn't face today, much less tomorrow and eternity. But because of your great, unmeasurable, immeasurable, fantastic love for us, we can face the challenges of today and look into the future knowing that our future is secure because of what Jesus did for us. Thank you for that, Father. May that just um, cover everything that we do today, everything that we think, all of our thoughts, all of our, our evaluations of our relationships. I pray that that will just cover us as we interact with others, that it will help us to remember to be loving and forgiving and humble and uh, generous. And we thank you for all that you've done. Father, thank you for each person that's listening and watching. I pray that you bless each one. I know there are many that are dealing with uh, sickness as the virus is spreading more and more. I just pray that your healing hand would be on all of those. And I just pray that you would guide our leaders in our country, in our churches, and just throughout the land. May we all look to you and rely on you for guidance and wisdom and healing. And uh, all these things we need, but we need you most of all, Father. And I just pray that you'd be with us even today. And we thank you for all that you've done and all that you are doing, all that you're going to do, because you know the future and you've already got plans for us. We thank you for that, Father. And as we go into the hours ahead, we just uh, ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, real quick before we go, again, we'd love to hear from you. If you'll text, um, talk to us to 97,000. We'd love to just get your feedback. If you just recently trusted the Lord and you don't have a Bible yet, we would love to send you a Bible. If you would text PRAYED to 97000, if you have just recently prayed to accept the Lord, we would love to partner with you in your faith journey. And we'd love to hear from you for one thing, but we'd love to send you some material. So uh, please reach out because we'd love to hear from you. And God bless. Have a wonderful day.